0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 3rd, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the year, five month long series on the miracles of Jesus, and those of you that watched, I know you were tremendously blessed. And now I'm doing a series on the parables of Jesus. I want to go through every parable. It's going to take me a long time. Uh, It definitely is going to take me for the rest of the year. But right now we're still on the first one. It's like I got stuck on the first one. This is the mother of all parables. This is part 29. Of this parable, I'm gonna start wrapping this one up because we need to get to uh, the next parable. But the title of today's message is "The Condition of Your Heart Matters." I want you to know that even under grace, that you're under the dispensation of grace. I'm gonna teach this. Even though I teach the grace life, even though I teach that God's grace is unmerited, undeserved favor, even under the dispensation of grace, you and I have a requirement to make sure that our hearts are conditioned to receive. The word of God. Put in the chat, I am ready. My heart is conditioned to receive the Word of God. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Get ready for the Word. right. So we're getting into this word. We're studying the parable of the sower. I call it the mother of all parables. Before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four is a scripture that at our church we've been meditating on all year. So I want to keep it before your eyes. I want to keep it down in your heart, through your ears so it can get down in your heart. Let me read it for you. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory, May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. We believe that in this season, if there's any area of your life that dried up in this season, God is going to drench it again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any area of my life to dry up. So anyway, this is the mother of all parables, the parable of the sower. Jesus taught this parable, the crowd, most of them didn't understand it. He got back. He said, well... They said, why do you teach in parables? He quoted Isaiah. He said, well, having eyes they do not see, having ears they do not understand. There are people that, that I'm giving the truth, but they don't have the revelation of it. And so the disciples said, well, we don't understand this one. Can you explain it to us? And he said, well, here's the explanation. Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 13. The farmer is like someone who takes the word of God and sows it down inside of people. Sometimes the seed of the word falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but their understanding is unfruitful. And because they don't understand it, they're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in. Their heart. Other people are like the seed that's planted on the rocky ground. Oh, who are those people? These are the people that hear the teaching, but they 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 quickly and gladly accept it. They're like, hey, man, pastor, you better preach. But then they have a, they don't allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And as soon as trouble comes, the persecution comes because of the word. They're quick to give up. Other people like the seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the word of God, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things like the kids of this world, the love of money, everything else they want. They have competing priorities. They have selfish desires. These things choke out the word. It doesn't produce. Some people are good ground. Say I'm good ground. And what happens with the good ground? The good ground receives the word of God and it produces a harvest. Sometimes thirty times more. Sometimes sixty times more. And sometimes even hundred times more. Now. I teach the grace life. I know that we are under the dispensation of grace, but grace is, I told you before, grace is not a license for sin, and grace is not a license for laziness. Put in the chat, grace is not a license for laziness. So some people say, well, Rick, we're under grace, so I don't have to do anything. Is God is going to bless me by grace. I don't have to do anything. Everything is just the grace of God. I'm going to just sit back and wait for my blessing to come. Glory to God. No, it doesn't work that way. You, you still have a responsibility to condition your heart to be good ground so that you can receive the word of God and so that the word of God can produce. Let's talk about it. What does this mean for you, today. I said I said all of that so I could just set up and now I can start teaching. Y'all ready? I have a few things for you. Here's number one. The condition of your heart impacts the yield that it produces. Now, the in the parable, the word of God is seed and our heart is soil. The condition of the soil or the condition of your heart will impact the yield that the seed produces. Now, Remember, the same seed was sown into four different types of soil. And the harvest varied. The harvest didn't vary because of the sower, it was the same sower. The harvest didn't vary because of the seed, it was the same seed. The harvest varied because of the soil. So it does matter. Your heart, put in the chat, my heart does matter. you, You gotta condition your the better condition your heart is to receive the word of God the more the word will produce in your your life. Listen, let me just say it this way. Let's just be practical for a minute. You remember when you went to church and there were people around you that were getting changed and you were not getting changed. It wasn't that there was a problem with the word. Remember, the problem is never God. Put in the chat, God is not the problem. Put in the chat, the word is not the problem. If there's a problem, the problem is you. If there's a problem, the problem is me. If there's ever a disconnect between me and God, the problem is with me. So the more you die to yourself, growing God, yield to Him, the more receptive you are to the Word of God, the more the Word of God will produce in your life. It's not that the word is changing, it's that you're changing. Put this in the chat. I'm changing. This is why I appreciate the fact that you watch today's word every day. Those of you that watch every day, what's happening? You're changing. I'm changing. I come to the word every day. See, I get to teach it. So I get to get it twice. I get to get it first from God and then, you know, put it all together, type it all up and send it out the email and then communicate it. So I get to get it from God and then I get to teach it to you and then I'm receiving it as well. So I'm changing. You're changing. How do we change? With the Word of God. It's not that the Word is changing. We're changing, and we're becoming more receptive to the Word of God. So when you allow the Word of God to change you, when you permit the Word of God, when you open your heart to the Word of God, you'll be changed from the inside out. But you got to recognize the fact that the condition of your heart does determine the level of transformation that you're going to receive from that Word. Let me say that again. The condition of your heart does determine the level of transformation that you're going to experience. That's why you can be in the same place at the same time, hear the same word, one person be changed, the other person not. It wasn't a problem with the word. It was a problem with the soil. It was a problem with the person. It was a problem with the heart. So the only way to allow the word of God to do what it does is you got to receive the word. Now, how do you condition your heart? Well, I've been teaching you the whole time on this, but one of the ways to condition your heart, one of the ways why I do this confession at the end of today's word every day is is because when you make a declaration of faith and you're believing it, you when you make a declaration of faith, you're actually conditioning your heart to receive what you're declaring. When you make a declaration of faith from a believing heart, when you when your heart, your soul, hears your voice come out of your mouth, come back around through your ears, get down in your heart, you are actually conditioning your heart to become the word that you're declaring. And so those those declarations are very important. You cannot declare openly the word of God from a believing heart while at the same time thinking negative right if if i'm actively okay let let me do it uh let me let me do a quick exercise to explain what i'm saying look at me for a minute count from 1 to 10 slowly in your mind now go what is your name say your name as soon as you said your name, you stop counting. If you're counting in your mind and somebody said, say your name. My name is Rick. Okay. I stopped counting. What's my point? My point is I can't actively engage my mouth and still be thinking about something else. When I actively engage my mouth, I'm thinking about what I'm saying. So when you declare the word of the Lord, if you feel if you're battling negative thoughts, open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. If you're thinking negative thoughts and you say, that's why I gave you the book on the 150 declarations of faith, affirmations of faith for men, affirmations of faith for women. If you don't have that, get the book. You can't open up that book. If you feel negative, oh man, I'm, I'm battling negative thoughts. Open up that book and start declaring what it says. You cannot open up and engage your mouth and speak the word of God and think negative at the same time. It doesn't work. As soon as you engage your mouth, you stop thinking about whatever you, you was thinking about. So you, you declare the... Come on, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. As you declare the word of God, not only do you stop thinking about the negative stuff, but you're also conditioning your heart to be, to believe and receive and become what you're declaring. Say amen to that. Man, that was, that was a good nugget right there. You need to get that. You got it? All right, number two, protect what gets down in your heart. Now, I've already shared like a gazillion times, Proverbs chapter four and verse 23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Another translation says, guard your heart with all diligence because your thoughts control your life, right? So you got to protect your heart. Say, I protect my heart. You protect your heart from negative influences. You got to protect your heart from negative influences. You got to protect your heart from toxic beliefs and you got to protect your heart from toxic people. Be vigilant to guard your heart against fear and doubt, and unbelief. You don't ever want to speak anything negative over your life. Matter of fact, you want to guard your heart even from negative thoughts. Fill your heart with the Word of God. If you fill your heart with the Word of God, and you meditate and meditate on the Word of God day and night, it's going to fortify you against attacks. See, you got to guard your heart against deceptive teachings and false doctrines. Now, you got to be real careful. It does matter where you go to church, and it does matter who you listen to, and it does matter. Listen, those of you that watch me right? And, and I'm not tuning my own horn. I'm just saying I, I only am who I am by the grace of God. And the little bit that I know is the little bit that the Holy Spirit has given me revelation for. I've been preaching for over 28 years and and, I, and I'm learning a little bit and I keep growing and I just want to become who it is that God has called me to be. But I'm teaching you what I know is I have a strong conviction for and I know that has changed my life. I also know you you can't listen to everybody. I also know that there's there's false doctrine. There are there are deceptive teachings out there. You got to be very careful who you listen to. You can't just let anybody, you got to filter what gets down in your heart. You can't listen to everything. If somebody said, oh, brother Pina, I'm going to just listen to that guy and this guy. I can listen to anything because I, you know, it's like eating fish. I take in the meat and spit out the bones. You ever heard that? They go, oh man, it's like eating fish, brother Pina. I just take in the meat, spit out the bones. Some of it I receive, some of it I don't receive. Pastor Bill Winston said, "You got to be careful who you listen to. You're gonna talk about taking the meat, spit on the bones. You're gonna mess around, get one of those bones stuck in your neck. You don't, you don't want to listen to everybody. You, you got to be careful. You don't want to listen to stuff <clears throat> that is false. You want to, you want to listen to the Word of God. This is why." I stick to the word. I'm giving you the word every day. I'm breaking down the word. I'm giving you scripture. I'm giving you scripture references. I even give you my notes. I email you my notes for free. I want you to check it out. I want. I don't want you to take my word for it. Mm-mm. I want you to check it out. I want you to look at it. I want you to read the word for yourself. I want you to see what it says. Why? Because I want you to be changed. The condition of your heart is going to impact the harvest of the seed. So if you want to ensure that the word of God is producing, you got to protect what gets down in your heart. You got to protect the soil in your heart. Let me say it this way. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Faith in, faith out. Righteousness in, righteousness out. Holiness in, holiness out. But sin in, sin out, right? So you got to be very careful what gets down in your heart. When the pressure is on, when you, if, let's say I take three sponges, and I I put one sponge in soda, one sponge in milk, and one sponge in water. I take the three sponges after they soaked up all the liquids, I take them out. I put pressure on each sponge. When I squeeze the sponge with soda, it's full of soda. So when I put the pressure on it, what's going to come out? Soda. The one with milk is full of milk. So when I put the pressure on it, what's going to come out? Milk. The one with water is full of water. So when I put the pressure on it, what's going to come out? Water. What am I saying? I'm saying that when the pressure is on you, what's in you abundantly is going to come out of you eventually. Come on now. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, and so you are going to say what you believe, what's in your heart. That's why you got to protect your heart. You got to fill your heart with good things. You got to fill your heart with the Word of God. And, and here's one great way to protect your heart: is to surround yourself with the right people. You need to surround yourself with people of like, precious faith. You can't be around, around the the wrong people. You got to be around the right people. Remember, I told you my testimony about when I first got born again. When I first got born again, I knew that I couldn't be around everybody, so I had to disconnect from everybody. I had to disconnect from negative. Influences. I had to disconnect from worldly music. I disconnected from all kind of stuff, and I and I basically, as a baby Christian, had to be by myself, around people of like precious faith, around believers. I surrounded myself with preachers because I wanted to be a preacher. I I I, I basically just I, I I immersed myself in God, and then now that that I have been discipled and I'm grown a little bit, now I can I have a lot of people. Back then I had no friends that that you know I for a period of time. I didn't connect with people that were like from the world. I was like very uh, um, intentional about changing. Well, now I have a lot of friends that are not born again. I'm in the world and I deal with all kinds of people in the world. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, so insulated. I know pastor friends of mine, they don't hang around anybody that's not like church people. That's crazy to me. Like we're supposed to impact the world. But there was a period of time where I needed to be around only holiness because I needed to change. But now that I'm changed and I'm good, (laughs) I can go out there and I can be in the world, and the world's not going to impact me. I can be around those people that that's not going to change me. I'm I'm all I'm continually around people, especially when I go to the Dominican Republic, around my family, all kind of stuff. You know, we go out. They know I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't gamble. That's just not what I do. You're not going to see me in the casino. You're not going to see me smoking. You're not going to see me drinking. They don't even ask me for that. They don't need like that's not what I do. You're not going to see me in the club that I, that's not going to happen. Right. I mean, that's just not who I am. Now, if it's a house party and it's our family, we dance in merengue. Oh man. Yeah. I'm a dance. I love the dance. Somebody said, well, can Christians dance? My answer is, well, not all of them. Cause some don't have no rhythm. All right. So don't be so holy that you can't even dance a little dance with your family. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta, you gotta protect your heart to the point where you're ready for that. If you're not ready for that, don't be around that. You got to surround yourself with the right type of influences. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, the word is only limited by the condition of your heart. The word is only limited by the condition of your heart. So listen, while the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, listen, the word of God is powerful. There's nothing that the word can't do. This parable is teaching us that the word actually was sown into four different types of soil. And in 75% of the cases, it didn't produce. Think about that for a minute. The word of God is powerful. God spoke words and he created everything. The Bible says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm saying like, oh my God, God said, let there be light. And there was light and he saw the light and it was good. And so so the power is in the word of God. And in this parable, Jesus said, the word was sown into four different types of soil. And in 75% of the cases, there was no harvest. So the problem was not with the word. The problem was with the soil. So the word of God is only limited. The word of God is not limited. But it's limited in your heart, it's limited by the condition of your heart. So you have to embrace, how do I condition my heart to receive the word? Well, you embrace a lifestyle of holiness. You embrace a lifestyle of repentance. i told you to be quick to repent, to repent daily. Embrace the grace of God on a daily basis. Lord, I thank you that today's a brand new day with brand new mercy, brand new grace. And so Father, I start each day with your grace and your mercy. I'm starting each day with my heart open to receive. Maybe I had some challenges yesterday, but guess what? Yesterday ended last night. Father, today's a brand new day. I open up my heart to your word. I open up my heart. I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to turn from my wicked ways. I have a heart that is saturated with the word of God. I'm thinking about your word of God day and night. And now my heart has become a fertile ground and I'm ready for the manifestation of your glory. I'm going to speak the word and think the word and live the word and become the word. Why? Now the word can can produce a harvest in my life. Why? Because my heart is being changed. I'm not going to, listen, 75%. Of the cases, there was no harvest. I'm gonna be part of that 25%. Say, I am good ground. The word of God is gonna produce in my life, say amen to that. You got it? All right, last two points are about grace. Now I teach the grace life. I've done a lot of series and teaching on grace and I've been teaching grace since 2012. Since I got a revelation of God's grace in 2012, great grace. All right, so since 2012 to now, that's 11 years, I've been teaching grace, grace, grace. God's grace, our faith. So I've done a lot of teaching on grace. Jesus ushered us into a dispensation of grace. Let me let me be clear about this, and then I'm going to turn around on the fifth point and drive home my point. So in John 1 and 17, the Bible says, the law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given by Moses on 10 commandments, and then the law of Leviticus. But grace was not given. Grace came in the form of a person, Jesus Christ. So grace came through Jesus Christ. All right? So we are no longer, Romans 6 and 14, I'm not making this up. i give you my notes. You can look it up. Romans 6 and 14 says, we are no longer under the law. I've done a lot of teaching on this. We are no longer under the law. We are under grace. You got it? God's grace is undeserved. It is unmerited. It is the free favor of God. God doesn't bless us because we're good. God blesses us because God is good. I got it. I've done all of this teaching. I got it. But here's my fifth point for today. I want to be clear about this. God's grace does not exonerate you from the requirement to be good ground. So let me be clear about that. So just because I'm under grace doesn't mean that I don't have to be good ground. Just because I'm under grace doesn't mean that I can live in sin and expect to live an amazing life. No. Just because I'm under grace doesn't mean that I can live in sin and live in perversion and expect the word of God to produce in my life. No, the same perfect sinless person, Jesus, who ushered us into the dispensation of grace, that same person taught this parable. That same person taught the parable about four types of soil and how three out of the four didn't produce. And so, so I, I didn't make this up. Jesus taught that. Jesus taught us. Yes, so I, yes we have to rely on the grace of God, right but that doesn't mean that if you say well because of god's grace i don't have to do anything that's a perversion of the teaching of god's grace that's a perversion if you if you think because of the grace of god i do nothing you're perverting god's grace you're not understanding the message the message is not i do nothing the message is i'm empowered to do everything and so so the message is not i could live in sin the message is the grace of god gives me the power to be holy the grace of God gives me the power to walk in righteousness. The the grace of God empowers me to live free from sin, not to just continue to sin. Paul says, "Should I continue in sin that grace may abound?" God forbid. No. So no, no. The grace of God empowers me to be good ground. Put that in the chat. Say, "The grace of God empowers me to be good ground." The, I am embracing the grace of God. I I, I have a requirement from God to seek divine wisdom and understanding. I have a requirement from God to meditate and medicate on the word of God day and night. I have a requirement from God to allow the word of God to go deep into my life so it can become the root and the foundation for my life and living. I have a requirement from God. Oh, but Brother Pina, don't we have grace? Oh, yeah. So what what does it mean to have grace? It means that I am empowered now by the grace of God to do what the word says. I, I embrace the grace for my heart to be good ground. I embrace the grace to meditate and meditate on God's word day and night. I embrace the grace to abstain from sin and even the very appearance of evil. I embrace the grace to walk in holiness and righteousness. I embrace the grace to live just like Jesus. I embrace the grace to do what the word of God says. I embrace the grace to have a great memory so that the word of God, the Holy Ghost is bringing all things that Jesus said back to my remembrance. I embrace the grace to die to sin and self and selfishness and selfish desires. Uh-oh, I'm talking about stuff that people don't talk about today. Holiness and righteousness. And sin and hell and all that stuff, but it's in the Bible and I still got to preach it. So I embrace the grace. No, the grace of God doesn't mean that I can just go live like the world and expect my life to be amazing. No, I have to submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee from me, live my life free from sin, free from unrighteousness, being the man, the woman that God has called me to be. God is holy, therefore, we're called to be holy. I can't do it in and of myself. What do I do, Brother Pina? You embrace the grace. That's the grace life. That's what I'm teaching. That's the grace. I embrace the grace to be the man or the woman that God called me to be. I embrace the grace to walk in holiness and righteousness and kingdom virtue. I'm an an example uh, of of God's kingdom in in my conduct and in my character. People get a, a glimpse of what heaven is like when they come in contact with me. Why? Because I embrace the grace for it. Say amen. That. Glory to God. I was preaching today. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This was good stuff. Let's close it out. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that my heart is good, Graham. Your word produces a harvest in my life. I die to self, I grow in you. I'm being transformed. From the inside out. I protect my heart from negative influences. I stay connected to your Holy Spirit. I embrace a lifestyle of daily repentance, daily renewal, and I embrace the grace daily. Your word has unlimited power, and in my heart, it produces uncommon results. Thank you, Father, for the dispensation of grace, but I refuse to pervert your grace by neglecting my responsibility to be good ground. Your grace empowers me to fulfill my purpose and to change and to mature in Christ. I am living the grace life, walking in the fullness of your grace. I am growing and my life is producing fruit all for your glory. Living this way, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have a great day. Greater is coming for you.